Geekiest Show Ever, number 29, starring Tim, Chad, and Guy Searle. And as I said, this is Geekiest Show Ever, number 29. My name is Tim Robertson. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast. I'm Chad Perry. I'm another host. And then there's me. Then there's you. Guy I wasn't, I wasn't there the last time. No, you weren't. You were uh, in Hawaii or I don't know, Jamaica I or wish. something I like wish that. I was in Hawaii. Nah, you weren't feeling good. Yeah, I was sick. Yeah, we've all been there. So Chad actually came up with uh, the topic this week. I think you did last week too, didn't you? No, last week we just swung it. Just swung it. So um, what is the topic this week? Well, as I said this morning in my email, what got me started is uh, I get notices from Nissan because I'm a Nissan owner. They've got a new vehicle coming out this fall called the Juke. The Juke. Which is J-U-K? J-U-K-E. Jukey. Juke? Juke. Which uh. I I don't know whether you like it or not. It's a weird sounding name for a car. But what impressed me was uh, they were showing off some of the dashboard features as far as uh, what the car can do. They have different options. If you buy a certain option, they've got this... Uh, some sort of car control thing. So it shows you your performance from normal when you're running normally. You can switch to an eco mode to show your fuel economy, and they've got one for off-road performance with some sort of a crossover vehicle. And what really hit me was how much the user interfaces on a vehicle have changed in like the last five years. Oh, more, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now you've got a pretty sophisticated um, setup in your car as well, guy. Yeah, I've got the the Microsoft, uh, or actually, I guess it's Ford Sync system now. I think they've taken full responsibility for it, but it was developed by Microsoft, and it, you know, I mean, it it works really, really well as far as I'm concerned. I've got you know hands free access to whatever music or content that I have on either an iPod or my iPhone. So, guy, you're the eldest of us. <laughs> Go back to your first vehicle. What? I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> I know. Go back to your first vehicle. What was it like to actually have to crank the car to start it? No. <laughs> or, to, or to carry the shovel with you behind the horse. I've, I've, I've got words for both of them. Um, it starts, starts with F, ends in uck, and it's not fire truck. <laughs> no, seriously, though, um, what was your first car that you actually, or maybe I should back up and say, did you ever change, say, the radio in any of your cars when you were younger? Put a better oh, one in there. Oh, good God, yes! Uh, my first vehicle was a it was a nineteen seventy four Plymouth Duster, and uh, it wasn't the car that I wanted. That was for damn sure. That was the car that my father wanted me to have. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when I was seventeen years old, it was one of these things where where you know the, the car that I wanted to have, he wasn't going to let me get. And if I wanted a car, this was going to be it. And as time went on, I, I did finally grow to love the car before it got piled into two bridge pillars, but that's a whole other story. Um, when, the, when I first went to, to look at the inside of the car, this was, this was about as basic a, a Plymouth as you could possibly get. It was you know the bench seat going all the way across, AM radio with a single speaker in the middle of the dashboard. Mm. That was pretty much it as far as tunes go. I mean, this was literally the car that the little old lady bought to drive to church on Sundays kind of thing. Because it was already, I think it was three to four years old when I bought it. 
and it only had like it had less than twenty five thousand miles. Practically a brand new car. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and like I said, I can't really complain about how well the car behaved for me over the the course of the you know four four to six years that I had it. But the stereo, stereo, the radio had to go. That was like the first thing I had to change in this vehicle. And I, anyone who's lived in the South Florida area probably knows what the, the Thunderbird Swap Shop is. It's this 10-screen drive-in theater complex that at the time was only on weekends. You could go and they had all these like little dealers set up. And I managed to find... It was a Pioneer KP80, I still remember, Pioneer KP8500 with a Super Tuner 3 AM FM cassette stereo. Bought it, bought some old, well, old for the time, uh, Jensen triaxle, sorry, coaxial, no, triaxle, triaxle 6x9 speakers, some weird off Japanese brand five and a quarter round speakers and a 40 watt bass boost. <laughs> And went to, to try to plug all this into this car. And I essentially had to remove the air conditioner at, at the bottom of the dashboard, because that was where they used to put them, just to get access back behind it. It took me, I think, three hours to get the AM radio out of that dashboard. Wow. Yeah, that's how mm. tight the space was inside. And as it turned out, that was a good thing later on because somebody actually broke into the car when I moved to Ohio to try to steal it, and they couldn't get it out of the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> so they did take all my speakers, but they weren't able to get weren't able to get the radio. So that was that was the the first time I replaced a uh, a car stereo. Chad, mm. my first car was a Ford Pinto. Oh. That uh, someone had actually. You're making fun of me for having for having a yeah. duster. Yeah, right. I didn't make fun of you for it. It was duster, like a '77 Ford Pinto, <laughs> uh, and it used to have a working stereo in it, which basically they used to have a tape deck in it, and it basically by the time I got it, it only did AM FM. Yeah, you know, and of course, very standard, you know, floor shifter, and you know, nothing special. Yeah. So, did you put a new stereo in it? No. No. No, I left it with what it was because my commute was so short, I hardly had time to ever listen to the radio. So I was always into uh, music, even before I drove. That mm -hmm. was, uh, I, I told the story a long time ago. One of the reasons that I had started My Mac magazine back in 95 was I wanted to hone my writing skills so I could eventually write reviews for Stereo Review magazine, mm -hmm. which doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> and yet, so how'd that work out? Yeah, <laughs> well, my Mac's still going strong. Um, so, you know, I was always into music. Uh, I remember sitting in front of a speaker. My dad had these big Bose speakers. They had th they had speakers on three of the sides, mm -hmm. and he actually bought them in Japan on his way back from Vietnam. And I remember sitting in front of that speaker with you. Remember those little um, rectangular cassette decks that the, the cassette would go on the top of it and it would have a big red record button you yep, had to push sure, down yeah. with the play. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember sitting in front of that speaker listening to the top 40, 40 station, and this area was Keener 14, um, the FM station. The real and, rock station. Yeah, <laughs> Keener 14, and recording the songs yeah. that I liked. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they talked all over the music back then. They still right. do, I'm sure. I don't listen to top 40 anymore, so I don't mm -hmm. know. But if it was anything like it was back then, they just... 
they kill yeah. the music because they would talk over it. The DJ usually would stop talking right before the singer kicked in. You're like, mm-hmm. shut up. The really good the really good DJs have a knack for that. Yeah, imagine that. So I've always been into listening to music. So when I got my first car, which was a 1970, what were, what was your year? 77. So I, I had the oldest. I'm the youngest by just, well, just by a couple months, really. Mm-hmm. But I had the oldest car, even older than guys's. And this yeah, was, mine was a 74. And this was uh, nine years after you got yours, guy. <laughs> I had a... Well, tell me what it is first. A, a 1970 Delta 88 Oldsmobile ah, four-door, mm-hmm. which was green. Oldsmobile made something with two doors. Uh, I don't think yeah, they, they ever did. did. No, they did. The Tornado. Yeah. yeah. And it was my dad's car for years and years. So dad, for whatever reason, always wanted a van. This was 1986. Mm-hmm. So dad got a van, a Ford van that didn't have a working reverse. He, ev- <laughs> he eventually got that fixed, but um, I, and I got to drive the van quite a bit, which I actually liked better than the Oldsmobile, to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, but uh, I, the problem with the van is you always had to park where you knew you didn't have to back out. Right. <laughs> because if you had to back out, you're screwed. You ain't getting out of there. Um, So it was a 1970 Delta 88 four-door. My dad, uh, it was technically, it was still his car. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was in his name, but he just gave it to me. And uh, it had an AM, FM, no, in fact, I'm sorry, it just had an FM radio in it. Now, back then, all the cars had basically the same setup for radios, remember? Mm -hmm. It would have the two knob holes on the left and the right and the square in the middle. All cars did, GM, Chrysler, Ford. Yep. So you could buy an aftermarket radio. Delco radio. Right. Yep. You could buy a, 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 an aftermarket radio, and it would slide right in. You might have to get the little dash kit that came mm-hmm. with it just to kind of make it fit and look a little better. Yeah. But they all fit. Unlike nowadays where the radio, like in my uh, Honda Accord, the radio is part of the whole dash, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually went and looked at how much it would cost to get a, an aftermarket radio put in there. And the dash kit alone was like $400 because they have to reroute everything, the heating, the everything. It's just crazy. But back then, as you well know, Guy, because you did it, it was difficult, but you could actually do it. Because once you got the radio out. That was always the hardest part. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you put the new radio in. You basically had the the power and the ground wire. Mm -hmm. And the power always had that, remember the big white plastic clip fuse thing that your fuse would be in there? So you'd have that, and then you would have, at the most, four speakers' wires coming out of the radio. Right. And right and left or front and back would, would share a ground. Yes. So it was very easy to upgrade radios. Mm-hmm. And now, like Guy, I got creative. Um, not so much with the Oldsmobile, although I did put an aftermarket radio in there. It was just a cheap one, but at least I can mm-hmm. listen to cassettes. That was the big thing. Yeah. I didn't want to listen to AM. Oh, my God, shoot me in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even in even in seventy seven. Yeah, I got a seventy three Chevy Impala, which I got to be honest, it was just cherry. I mean, it mm-hmm. was in such good shape. Not when I got done with it, obviously, <laughs> but when I first got that car, it was just it was fabulous. I love that car. So I I put a real nice Pioneer system in there, and I had a ten band Power Booster EQ, mm-hmm. And I literally had six six by nine speakers in the rear dash, which I had to cut holes in the rear. You had, you had six. <laughs> I had six, six, by, six, nine six wow. by nine speakers in the back, and each pair 
had its own power booster. So I had three identical power boosters with EQs uh, basically stacked underneath each other, underneath the front dash. It looked oh, really man. cool. And each one of them had the little, um, little spectrum yeah. thing that would mm-hmm. go up and down. Wouldn't, wouldn't it take you longer to set up for a song than it would to actually listen to it? <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> it was loud. And this was loud in, you know, this was probably still 86 going into 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was... Back then, people didn't really have loud car stereos like they do now, and I hate them now. But back mm-hmm. then, 16, yeah. 17 years old, uh, it was loud. And then I put um, – it sounded good, but the problem was all my sound was in the rear. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something in the front. So I cut out parts of the heating vent, and I rewired it with uh, um, that tube that you do use for uh, – uh, washer and dryers, the dryers, you yeah. know, the, the vent thing. Yeah, the vent. I use one of those to re, to reroute my heating <laughs> mm-hmm. so I can cut a piece out. Mm-hmm. Oh and what God. I did was, and I put another two pair, so another four six by nines in the front. And each one of those pair had their own power booster EQ. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, so I had, I had literally five power boosters underneath the radio just kind of hanging there, mm-hmm. and I used – you remember the hose clamps that had the little sure. notches in them? Yep. I used two of those on each side of the power boosters going down as a strip, so they were all connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, you should have saw the wiring mess behind it all, though. Oh, oh. You know, I just had it kind of shoved up in a way mm-hmm. and duct taped and electrical taped and just <laughs> jammed up there. I can't believe the car didn't burst into flames. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, I added, uh, as time went on uh, – a radar detector, and, mm-hmm. you know, just all the little gizmos that... A second battery. Oh, I practically needed <laughs> yeah, just, one. just for the power boosters. And I loved it. I mean, that was... It impressed the hell out of all my friends. I remember listening to uh, Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet album, just mm-hmm. cranking in that thing. And, boy, every head at high school would turn my way, and I'd be like, shot through the just rocking because it this out. This is what I'm listening to right now. <laughs> and uh, oh, you know that. But that was the thing back then. It was so easy to change. Mm-hmm. But even then, it was somewhat complex. I mean, you know, I had a pretty nice sound system as Guy did. You know, you could hit. It was digital. Was yours digital, Guy? The tuner. Oh, good God, no. Oh, mine was digital, and it was Not one of the first digital. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, mine was eighty-seven. So yeah, um, eighty-six, eighty-seven, around there. Uh, so I could have presets, mm-hmm. and the car radio itself had an EQ in it. I don't know why I needed that when I had mm-hmm. five of them underneath. Um, <laughs> but it, it was it was just so complex, and I never let anybody else touch my don't touch my stereo. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to. They're like, oh my god, dude! Because by the time you get all the well, if I if it was at night mm-hmm. and I started the car and nothing was on, I turn on the lights. I had to turn on the lights first. Because if I turned all the power boosters on first, my lights wouldn't come on. <laughs> but if I turned the lights on first and then turned all the power boosters on, mm-hmm. my lights would only dim about 50%. Mm-hmm. So I always oh, ran with my – well, I always ran with the brights on at that point, And it, yeah. it was almost normal at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was fun. As I compared mean, to your stereo setup, which was anything but normal. Well, the, the, if I would have been smart, what I had done is got a mirror – put it on the seat next to me in front of the radio and the <laughs> thing and aim that yeah. through the windshield, and I would have had more light that way. Um, but, I, I mean, that was my car. It's, I loved it. And it was it was kind of complex, but quite honestly, I think I look at some of the new cars now, like this Nissan you're talking about, mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, good God, I don't even know what to do. It's got yeah. t- it's got too much stuff in there at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw at uh, what was it? Um, CES, not CES. What was the big? Uh, yeah, CES. Mm-hmm. Ford's next car stuff, and they, they're going to have Wi-Fi in the car. Right. We don't yeah. need Wi-Fi in cars. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm usually by myself in the car, driving to and from work. I don't need Wi-Fi, but I guess maybe. If you're on a long trip. Mm-hmm. But where is it going to connect to? Well, satellite. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, okay. I mean, th- there's a reason that OnStar works in the cars. Right. You know? Yeah, that's Satellite true. radio. And it's not going to be the fastest, but someone in the back seat using their iPad, for instance, mm-hmm. they could be browsing the Internet. Right. So I, don't, I don't think it'd probably be fast enough, at least not yet, to stream movies or anything. But mm-hmm. eventually that's going to be the case. Right. You're going to have an Internet connection in your car. There's going to be monitors in the back so the kids can literally watch anything that they mm-hmm. want streaming. Um, that's obviously the future. But I'm seeing cars now where they don't have physical gauges. Mm-hmm. So when you get in the car, the dash is completely nothing. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's just a monitor. Mm-hmm. And you turn it on and you could rearrange where what goes where and the colors and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty impressive. Would, do, you, do you think that's something that you're going to want, Chad, or – well, I think a customizable dash would be nice, but <clears throat> I just don't know how much how much I'm actually going to notice it once I get it configured. Yeah. Well, once you set it the way you want to set it, I mean, you know. Yeah. But I'm also a little concerned that, you know, there's there's something to be said about an analog display. Simplicity. Yeah. One's a simplicity. Well, and, and two, the fact that you're never going to get an LED that burns out and you won't be able to see what's going on anymore. That's right. Yeah. If the little chip that's running your dash goes out. Yep. You know. You got nothing. With analog gauge, it's it's either, you know, it's going to work most of the time unless the wire well, breaks. The, well, the worst thing that will happen with, with an analog gauge is that the little light that, that lights up the, the gauges burns out. Right. Yeah. You know, and use a flashlight, you know. Yeah, I can still <laughs> see it. I know how fast I'm going anyways, and I can mm-hmm. tell I'm almost out of gas. With all the digital stuff, that that's – but I don't know. I, I Is it really much different than what we have now? I mean, we're used to – In a lot of ways, yeah. It, it, it is in the car. In the car yeah. it is. But everything else in life, the the none of us has an analog signal coming to our house that we watch television. No. It's all digital. So it either works or it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're not sitting down to watch television at 70 miles an hour. Yeah, but let's be honest, Guy. How often do you actually look at your gauges as you're driving 70 miles an hour? You might peek and glance at it occasionally, but you're not sitting there staring at them. And once you've driven a car for, I don't know, more than a month, you know about how fast you're going without looking at the gauges. Right. Uh, you know when the last time you filled your car up, mm-hmm. right? If it's starting to act wonky, you know that. You can feel it. You can right. hear it. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's any more dangerous to have all digital. I mean, I think if it's, just, if it's it, more it's, convenient, great. Mm-hmm. I think it just adds to the whole distracted driver thing, especially, you know, I mean, I'm looking at this, this same setup with the, with the Nissan Juke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no, this is not a commercial for the Nissan Juke. Right. But, you know, just the, the center console is just – it's – busy it's it's way almost too busy i, I gotta yeah. look at it now that yeah and, and that's that's my next question is when did the center console become such a critical part of the vehicle and the user interface for the vehicle well you, you know where i first started seeing that happening was with the the scion cars mm-hmm. especially the xb which i almost bought instead of the the ford flex that i have 
and they don't really have much directly in front of the driver. Most everything, mm-hmm. as far as your gauges and stuff, is there in the center console mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And it's not it's not that it's a bad layout, but it, it's just it's a different type of layout. Mm-hmm. And it almost gets to the point, especially with some of this stuff, where you know you want to go down down the street to to get a gallon of milk, and you got to make sure you have a co-pilot before you you pull out of your driveway because there's just so much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the juke, and it's almost like the 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 steering wheel is kind of looking at you now. It's got these two big round things on either side, and it's kind mm-hmm. of smiling at you. It's kind of yeah. creepy. <laughs> I don't know if I like I'm that. A, stop, I'm a car. Stop looking at me like that. I'm not putting premium gas in. Um, I don't know. I, I'm looking at it, and I don't – it doesn't look like the future, Not at least not like an iPad did mm-hmm. just no. three weeks ago. That was the future. Right. I look at this, and it's like, well, it's just kind of a natural evolution of what we already have now. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't call it revolutionary. It's definitely an evolutionary device. Um, but quite honestly, for, for what I'm doing in the car right now, other than, you know, gas Mm -hmm. and speed and not even that, to be honest with the iPhone, for instance, I I put that up on my window. I've got Mm -hmm. that little suction cup mount thing. Yeah. And I'm using my navigation. It's telling me how fast I'm going. Mm -hmm. It even knows what the speed limit is and will give me an audible warning. You're driving too fast. Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's telling me where to go. It's my radio, mm-hmm. at least as far as what I'm listening to. Right. Um, it, it's it's obviously my navigation, but that's connecting to the to the network, letting me know about traffic conditions. Mm-hmm. What is all this? Cr- and obviously, the iPhone's not going to tell me if I'm having you know a, a battery issue with mm-hmm. the car or anything like that. But other than diagnostic, if you will, right? I can do all that right now with my iPhone. And if I want a bigger screen like in this car, eventually the iPad will do all that too. So mm-hmm. there's a huge screen, which I think would actually be too much. But right. Well, did you see? Did you see that video of those guys on the day the iPad was released? They installed it in a Toyota. Yeah, I heard about it. I didn't actually look at it. It was pretty creative what they did. Um, you know, I have to kind of question their sanity as to you know what they would they would use it for. Um, uh, there's at right now anyway. There's there's not that many apps that you're going to use. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Actually, it actually looks kind of cool. No, I'm not saying it doesn't look cool. I just question its functionality. Right. Yeah, it's not. Uh, then again, with the iPad though, you can have someone write you an app that would work exactly the way you would want it to. It'd be costly. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. could do that. Interesting. You know, Someone's got a a mock-up of the iPad right in the middle of their steering wheel. <laughs> Probably not the no. best of ideas, no. that. No. Um, yeah, can, but there can... is a melding of uh, tech and cars at this point in time, probably bigger than at any point in history. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, going back for our histories, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and most of the 2000, it didn't really change all that much. No. Not really. I mean, you, you'd you have your, your gauges, your idiot lights, um, your radio. 
Yeah, but you did have a computer, you know, starting in the like the mid '80s. There was a computer put in the car for and, for like fuel injection and, right. and things. And there were lines, some luxury it didn't vehicles. Necessarily yeah. affect you know what it was you were doing for driving. And there were some luxury vehicles that did have an LED readout for like your speedometer. Well, I remember the Corvette. I, I test drove a Corvette once when you know before I got married the first time and mm-hmm. had a kid. I was saving up money, and I, I what I really wanted to do was buy a Porsche. And I was real close to getting that much money, and mm-hmm. I ended up buying. Speakers instead, but anyways, um, I, I went and tested and a Corvette, mm-hmm. and it had that uh, heads-up display mm-hmm. where the speed was literally on the windshield. Right, and I thought that's really cool. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's cars nowadays that still do that, um, and it wasn't distracting at all. In fact, I kind of mm-hmm. thought that's that's where everything's going to go. See, and that's what I had thought back in the eighties too. Heads was up that the heads-up display would be the car of the future. Yeah, but now you got these super bright displays. This is my concern. You have these very bright displays. Some of them have image sensors, so they dim themselves automatically mm-hmm. at nighttime. The iPad or the iPhone does that. The navigation, right. when you're driving, it switches to night mode when it knows mm-hmm. it's getting dark outside. But you still have all these displays. Every one of them are lit, and you're driving down a darkened road. Your night vision is just not as good because mm-hmm. no. all these bright yeah. lights right there shining right mm-hmm. dead in your face. I think that's more of a danger than having too much of a distraction as far as what button do I push for this and what button mm-hmm. do I push for that. Because even after just a very short time in a car, when you have all these features, you kind of know what they do, or at least the mm-hmm. ones that you're using on a daily basis. You don't even have to think about it. You're not looking to see how to change a radio. Mm-hmm. You have that muscle memory. You know how to do that. You know mm-hmm. You know where the the, the speedometer is. You yeah. just, it's just yeah. – it's a – Two hundredths of a second to glance down to see that you're doing thirty-five and a thirty-five, and you're back mm-hmm. up to the road and checking your mirrors. And yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was that was part of the problem in South Florida because of you know all the tourists that come down. They get rental cars and they have no idea you know where everything is. So you know you have lots of distracted drivers. Not only do they not know where they're going, but they they're not quite sure how their cars operate. And trying to figure out both of those at the same time is just not good. Well, but I would say, though, Guy, that uh, technology would probably have cured a lot of that, especially well, as, with the rental cars as, with the GPS unit in. Yeah, yeah. As, as far as knowing where you're going, the GPS, GPS um, either built in or um, portable. Or portable. Like, you know, I mean, I used to carry a, a portable GPS unit. Now I've got one in my iPhone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I could tell you, though, that. After I got the iPhone, probably for six months afterwards, even though it had GPS and I had a couple different apps, I would still bring my Garmin unit with me and I would use that and the iPhone just to make sure the iPhone was accurate because I don't know why. I just didn't trust it enough because because it wasn't a dedicated unit. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I just – I wanted to make sure, so I always had two. Now I don't even bother with the Garmin. Well, you remember what happened when we went to Chicago, right? Absolutely. You know, the the GPS app that I had didn't allow you to look up addresses, and the one that Tim had did. So I ended up following him all the way out to, what was that, Woodland Mall? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And and they're only getting more sophisticated. They're all, all... With Google releasing theirs on the Android platform for free... Yep. I think that the the time for these Garmin's and the TomToms they're coming they're going to come to a close because mm-hmm. you can't charge 100 bucks for a, a GPS app when hey, it's free on this other platform here. Right. I mean, it, it should be cheap. It should be almost free. I don't know how they make money, but mm-hmm. well, that's just I the think, way things are going. I think eventually what because I mean Google 
uh, they're using their own data for you know knowing where all the streets are and stuff, and it's not quite as good as the the dedicated apps. I, I don't know. I've heard just the opposite. I heard going, that their GPS unit app is really really good, guy. Well, I, I think that it has sometimes it has problems knowing where the one way streets are. I don't think it's updated nearly as often as the uh, the, the parent applications that that Tom Tom and Garmin are using to you know keep up to date on you know, road construction and all the rest of that. Now I do know that uh, you know because I've got the Navigon app and and that gets updated relatively frequently. Yeah, that's one I use too. Yeah, I think most. I think where most of these apps are eventually going to go is relatively low cost, and then you have you know pretty much a, a subscription service that's also going to be relatively low cost to update your maps more often. Yeah, it's. I know we're getting kind of far afoot of what we started talking about, and that is technology. Technology in the car, <clears throat> and where is it really going? I don't want a full entertainment center in a car. No. But we are getting to the point now, technically we already have the technology, but no one's going to trust it anytime soon. For cars that's going to be able to drive themselves yep. from point A to point B without any intervention from you. Mm-hmm. That I'm you literally get in your car yeah, and say, work, and it will drive you to work. It knows all the traffic conditions. Mm-hmm. It could, it, with, with the right technology, it knows everything that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get in an accident because it was speeding or it was distracted. I want it's, my flying. It's going to follow all the laws. You're mm-hmm. never going to speed. You're never going to run a stoplight. You're never going to run a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I don't think people will trust it. You know, so you could literally get in your car with the onboard super high speed Wi-Fi and start work in your car, checking your emails and stuff. Yeah. The you car even will have go, a steering yeah. wheel in front of you. Right. The car will go, bing, you're at work. Or bing, here's the McDonald's you wanted to stop at to get your coffee and your Egg McMuffin. Yeah, it'll be like Demolition Man, where and, you just and, tell it to self-drive and the steering wheel collapses and retracts back into the dashboard. Right. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, we could get to the point, we already have the technology that you could literally tell the car, work, stop by McDonald's for coffee and an Egg McMuffin, and the car pulls around, mm-hmm. never orders anything, just pulls up to a certain window a box opens, your window rolls down, and there's your food. You don't have to give them any money because it's already been charged to you. You just reach <laughs> out, take your stuff, mm-hmm. and get back to your digital newspaper on your iPad yeah. as a car continues on its way. And it knows now you have hot coffee, mm-hmm. so it's not going to take any sharp turns. Or if it knows there's something going on, it can give you an audible warning. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that kind of technology we already have, mm-hmm. but I don't trust it. Yeah, but I mean, you could you could make the same kind of analogy, sort of, with computers. I mean, when when personal computers first came out, people didn't necessarily trust those either, and mostly for good reason. They, well, they were they were preconditioned to it, you know, because of the you know the really bad science fiction movies where <laughs> the evil computer would you know kill everybody in a building just because you know somebody programmed it to do it that way, or it became self aware. Oh yes. I, oh yeah, <clears throat> self aware. I'm sorry, Hal. I can't do that. Or sorry, Dave. <laughs> you know, but yeah. but it's yeah, and I I think a lot of it is that you know you and I, especially me, um, we're preconditioned toward certain things because well that's the way they've always been. But you look at like the kids today; they're they're texting like crazy. I I don't text. 
because it's not something that I'm used to doing. It's not something that I grew up doing. I do it a lot more now, to be honest. Um, it's because you're a trendsetter. But you know, well, I don't know about setter, but <laughs> I, I keep follower? on top of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and a prime example of that is the, the Supreme Court. And I don't have the details, so I don't want to sound too ignorant by getting it too wrong. But basically, they were asking questions about this court case, and it has something to do with sexting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the questions they were asking Just completely ludicrous. showed that they have absolutely no idea how the technology works, what it does. Uh, half of them still write out their opinions on paper and pen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, these, these people, this is the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Making decisions on technology. And that they don't even mm-hmm. understand that a 10-year-old, hell, a 6-year-old. Oh, Chad just dropped his headphones and about killed himself here. Yeah. That was that loud noise. Still um, there, Chad? He's still, still here. there. Almost spilled okay. his coffee and freaked, kind of freaked out. And, but how's mm-hmm. his egg McMuffin? It's good. It's okay. good. Um, but they're, they're making decisions on technology that they don't know and that a six-year-old knows better than they do. Right. And, they're, and it doesn't seem to me that they're making any kind of effort to learn about it. And as the highest court in the land, they at the should. very least, they should have people on their staff who can advise them of what this technology is, how it works in layman's terms. Mm-hmm. And they don't even seem to have that with the questions that they're asking. It's like, what are you talking about? Yep. You know, and that's what's scary to me that we're going to have people making laws and passing judgment on things they have no idea what the hell it is. That's wrong. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Maybe in the next 20 or 30 years when we have more of a tech savvy court, but that's a long way off. Unfortunately, right. these are lifelong appointments. Appointments, yeah. and no yeah. one can get them out, even though the people start going nuts up there and. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. nutballs, and we can't do anything about it. We just got to live by the law. Oh, crazy. Sorry. I went on a political <laughs> rant there. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, though, um, the technology is everywhere nowadays, and I don't think it's rare that people simply don't trust it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody could really point at one big event where technology has really let everybody down and caused a lot of deaths. It's always human error. Miners get buried. Mm-hmm. It wasn't technology that failed them. It was they didn't test the air quality mm-hmm. to find out that carbon monoxide is going to build up and yeah. blow up and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. If they had to put the right technology in there that, you know, gave you the automatic warnings, guess what? It wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But they well, didn't the do that. The technology used to be the canary. Exa- well, absolutely good point. So it's not the technology that's at fault here. It's their application. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of true with most of society. We don't trust the technology. Or we think it costs too much. And so a lot of people make the decision that, well, this costs a lot and, you know, we're just not going to do it. And, yeah, we know it, it puts people more at risk, but money's more important than safety. And that's kind of always been true in the industrial mm-hmm. – after the industrial revolution, let's be honest. Even before. Right. Money always comes before lives. So it's always been true. It's sad, but it's mm-hmm. true. Not in our personal life. I mean, I'm not going to tell no. – Chad, hey, I want to, you know, spend fifty thousand dollars and I want to dynamite your house. Don't tell your wife, right? You know, she might. Can you, can know, you do that? Well, not for seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> A little more than that, yeah. Uh, but no, seriously though, I mean, you know, it, that's always been the case. People have always put a price on human lives, right? And 
Let's be honest, the money usually wins. I mean, that's why you have car recalls. It's not because, oh, we just found out, we better recall them. Mm -hmm. They knew for a while. Well, it doesn't make economic sense to recall all these cars for a 1% flaw. Right. It's worth 1% of our customers getting killed Mm -hmm. rather than us spending $80 million recalling this to replace this one bolt. Right. That's just the way of the world. Like the thing, whole thing that just happened with Toyota. Yeah, exactly. That's a good exactly. example. Yeah, and, and but you know, a lot of people came down hard on Toyota for that, but I didn't see them doing anything different than any of the American car makers have done for fifty years. Exactly. Nothing. They they didn't do anything different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you, you did. Did you ever hear the one about what does true love and Toyota have in common? No. You can't no. stop either one. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> That's why you should buy a Ford. Because mm. they, they're do tough. They, do, they, do they stop well, but they have a problem getting started afterwards. Well, um, getting back to where we were, Yeah. Um, I personally would not mind a car that could drive itself for a little bit. I mean, I, I don't... I but think I don't I, think that we're normal in that regard, Chad. Yeah. I think that we're very tech-savvy and guy. Yes, we're very tech-savvy that we understand the underlying mm-hmm. technology, so we're more liable to trust it. Yeah, but, you know, here's the one caveat I would have is that, you know, my commute is basically about 10 miles of driving through city and then about 25 miles to 30 miles pure highway. Right. And to me... If I could just get the car to the highway and then let it drive itself, that would be perfect. Well, that's that'll be where it starts. How how yeah. how long do you think it would take you to trust that though? And 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 here's the other question: As soon as I fell asleep and got it on, the- <laughs> yeah, then I trust it completely. <laughs> but do you think though, for absolute trust, you'd have to make sure that everybody else on the highway is using the same type of system? Because it really it only takes one idiot truck driver who you're three feet away from passing Mm -hmm. to swerve to the next lane because he didn't want to hit the squirrel. Right. And I don't care how good your computer-controlled car is, you're dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're dead. Right. That car's not going to stop and get out of the way quick enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it can't anticipate that this guy is going to do that. Right. It's not in its programming. So you're dead. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, it would only take... Most of these... The kind of technology you're talking about, all of these cars would be speaking to each other in some rudimentary fashion. But that's well, what I'm saying. How, that's, that's what it would eventually take to make it truly right. safe. Because if if not everybody was using it, I don't think I would want to be the one to use it when half the other cars out there are not using it and they're still on that unpredictability factor. Right. You know. Um, and let's be honest, it's only going to take a couple people dying because of the technology before all of a sudden no one's using it. Mm-hmm. I mean, think back to the 80s. Remember the big Tylenol scare? Sure. It was like, what, five people died because of poison Tylenol? Yeah. And what do we have now? And and the reason I bring this up is because my um, second oldest daughter was asking about this today. Mm -hmm. Well, technically she didn't ask about it. I just told her about it. Um, I I was explaining the the tamper-proof cap. After yeah. you open the cap, there's that little thing there that you have to punch with your finger to open up to yep. get to that. Well, it's even worse than that because now you have a, a plastic coating all the way around the bottle that you have to take off first. That is yeah, correct. That's true. And then, and then, but beneath that, there's usually a wax, waxed aluminum seal. That's on what top I'm of the talking cap. about. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. So you got to punch through that seal before yeah. you get to. And I asked her. I said, "Do you know why this is here?" And she was like, "I don't know, to keep it fresh." I said, "Actually, that's what <laughs> the cotton's for." Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is so you know. Your pills aren't poison. And she looked yep. at me kind of crazy, and I explained to her, well, back in the 80s, it was a psycho mm-hmm. that 
would go out and buy Tylenol, take them home, open the capsules, fill those capsules back up with the poison, mm -hmm. and then reverse shoplift. Instead of mm -hmm. taking something from the shelf, he was putting stuff on the shelf. Yep. And he was poisoning and killing people. Now, it didn't happen to hardly anybody. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, the percentage was so small, you're still, right. you're still more likely to get hit by a car. But because of that, the entire industry changed. Mm -hmm. The entire industry. Car. And now how do you apply that to what we're talking about? All it would take is one computer program to have a hiccup mm -hmm. and five people get killed in a fiery wreck on the highway and all of a sudden no one's going to trust that software. They just wouldn't. I mean, and that's human nature. If, if you were driving your Nissan mm -hmm. and somebody just like yours died in a car accident because the software in their Nissan had a hiccup and it ran them at 70 miles an hour into an overpass. Then, yeah, you're right. I'm done letting the car drive itself. Exactly. I'm You'd be like, screw that. Again. Yeah. But the chances of it happening to you is almost nil. Right. But it doesn't matter. You're not going to trust it at yeah. that point. So we still it don't. Actually, it would that, something like that would have to happen relatively early for people to not trust it because after no, I don't so, think so. They, could point, they could point to statistics I, and I don't, say, well, no, look at this. Wrong. Ever since we instituted nope. this system. You're wrong. There's you're wrong. one quarter of the amount of highway nope. deaths as there were nope. before it was it was instituted. You're you're wrong. People don't listen to st statistics. They don't. How many of the cars actually had that rubbed up problem in the Toyotas? Point zero 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 one percent, if that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a minute number. More people were having heart attacks after eating that new. Uh, KFC chicken thing sandwich with the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> More people were eating, dying of a heart attack after eating that thing than they were dying in a Toyota that was all of a sudden speeding up on them. Mm. I'm suddenly hungry. Yeah, me too. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> or I've got diarrhea. Was. Um, but well, Just don't combine the two. Yeah. Well, I, I think they kind of go together if you eat the sandwich. <laughs> um, between that and the bowl where they just basically cram everything they sell into one bowl, <laughs> the hell is that? Just put it in a drip, okay? Uh, well, no, let's, let's be honest. You still want to put something in your mouth, but at least, let's be honest, the, <coughs> the next logical step after that bowl is for them just to kind of... Mashed potatoes with fried chicken, corn, and peas. And just blend covered, it. Covered in gravy it's with a, a biscuit smoothie. on top. Yeah. And it's a smoothie. smoothie. <laughs> the kernel <Here's>, smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's your chicken milkshake, sir. Chicken yeah, we're not... We're, crispy. We're, we're, we're not too far from uh, Wally, okay? Um... <laughs> Yeah. But no, seriously, guy, people don't listen or don't care about statistics. All they know is I have that same vehicle. I drive on the highway. Boy, I don't know if I could trust that now. Because there's one factor that we have to remember. People are stupid animals. We're stupid herd animals. We always have been. We always will be. Now, individual people, smart. People collectively, stupid, dumb. Seriously, think what? about it. You know, you, you hear one bad thing, next day everyone's talking about it, and bah, I'm not going to trust mine now either. Bah. That's all it takes. And that's just the way things are. No arguments? No. Pe people are stupid. We always have been. We always will be. How else can you describe George Bush? Come on. <laughs> Anyways, or uh, Sarah Palin gets people to show up at her rallies. Sarah, Sarah, well, <laughs> I would, you know, if Sarah Palin was going to be close by, I'd go see her. Yeah. 
Well, why not? You, it's like a train wreck, man. You got to slow down and look. <laughs> That's true. Oh, that's special it is, sure. We, we, we can see Russia, so I know all about foreign policy. Yeah. Oh, you betcha. Um, no, I, I, would, I would trust it myself, mm-hmm. a, a self-guiding navigation car. I would trust it right now. Mm-hmm. If someone says, hey, Tim, uh, we've got this new Honda over here and, or this new Oldsmobile or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. it will drive itself. You drive to work for a month. It's mm-hmm. going to learn your patterns. It's got all these cameras on board, so it knows exactly what's going on. After a month, you just get in and tell it your destination, and it will get you there. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd be there. I'd, yeah, cool. I yeah. don't know if I would trust it to take me to Chicago and back. No. <laughs> then I'd be like, I don't know. Although that's when you really want it. I mean, right. my 10-minute commute. Well, yeah, and I, I know where you're coming from. When I was doing the commute to Indianapolis every week, Yeah, you know, that's three and a half hours basically on, on a highway and never getting off it. Right. And this, the scenery never changes. You, you kind of know where you are just by the mile markers. And okay, yeah. and I'm going to go around this corner. I'm going to see the one yeah. sign, and it's going to say, welcome to Indiana. Mm-hmm. woo I made it again. There's Indiana. <laughs> and then I get to see the big tire over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a little purple porn shop on the side of the road. Okay, I know where I'm at because the next <laughs> gas station is where I stop, and I always get my coffee at the next gas station. You know, yeah. so you get into these routines. But if that's your routine and it's highway driving, it's relatively straight, mm-hmm. that's exactly when you want a self-driving car. Right. You don't want it in the city driving. No. When you're only going to be in the car for 20 minutes. at the at, mm-hmm. Who can't drive for 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. But three and a half hours? Or for me, like I got to do first thing in the morning tomorrow, four and a half hours. Right. That would be when I would want it. I could, yeah, I got to still get up early, go get in the car and fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, or, wake me up at the first toll booth. Or when I drive to Chicago. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, so. All I know is I want to get into my into my car in February and say Macworld and then just not have to do anything else. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> Technically, you can do that, guy. Um, in fact, if you went out to your car right now and sat down and said Macworld, you wouldn't have to do anything else. You'd well, that's true. It there. wouldn't take me to Macworld. <laughs> well, no, but, you know, you wouldn't have to do anything else. Um. No, I you know I think the technology we already have that technology. That's what most people don't realize. The right. technology to do that is now. That's right. nothing in the future. That's right, right. now. Mm-hmm. But it's who's you know it's a question of of who's going to pay the cost of basically it's not so much the the smart car idea as it's also the smart highway idea. No, we already have. I mean, the technology will take all that into consideration, guy. We have the technology to do everything that I just explained. Earlier on the show. Yes. We just don't trust it. We just don't trust it. Right. We eventually will, as a species, trust our machines to get us from point A to point B, transportation, Mm -hmm. without any intervention from Mm -hmm. us, but we don't trust it right now. And the car manufacturers out there know that we don't trust it. Right. They know that there'd be no sense in them using this technology right now because nobody would... They might buy the car with it, but they would never use it. Yeah, but they're gradually introducing it. I mean, Very got, small. They've got vehicles that park themselves. Yep. They've got, yep. you know, I think it was a Mercedes that has the the, the 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 alarm system. If you go over the center line, it'll, you know, basically steer you back into your and lane. And it looks before, in front of you, behind you, and on both sides, yep. and it knows where everything is. It's calculating mm-hmm. your speed compared to their relative speed, yep. how, how much they're staying, you know, in their lane right. or not. 
I mean, it, they're already using that, mm-hmm. but that's still a far cry from cars that drive themselves. Right. But you're right. I think the car industry is as a whole, not just the Americans mm-hmm. or the Japanese, but everybody, the Germans and the Britons mm-hmm. and the Australian car companies, mm-hmm. everybody is slowly introducing these smaller features and gradually building it up to that. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. But by the same token, at least, you know, they're kind of car crazy in other countries too. Let's, let's not pretend right. otherwise. But I don't think anybody's as car crazy as the United States. I mean, we invented mm-hmm. mass-produced cars. I right. mean, air, the, 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 cars are everything in the United States. Always has been. And I don't know if Americans really want not to drive. We love driving. I mean, look, I at, look at Los Angeles, just just as an example. Or even better yet, Chicago, because mm-hmm. I'm going to be going there tomorrow. When I'm listening to this podcast, probably tomorrow I'll be yeah. stuck in traffic. <laughs> um, half the people that are on the road in Chicago, on the highways, could have commuted. Mm-hmm. And I look at all the cars around me, and I hardly ever see more than one or two people in a car. Hardly yeah. ever. So everybody's by themselves in a car. More than mm-hmm. half of those people could have carpooled. The rest could have took the L. Right. But they don't. People love their cars. They love to drive. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't see that changing, you know? Probably not. Not anytime soon. Hey, so it's been a car show this week. Yeah, something different. Something different. We got to think of something different to talk about in two weeks now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> ah, crap. <laughs> Damn it. Can't so, we get a program? To do? Isn't there an app for that? I think so. Yeah. Topic of the week. So we'd love to hear back from you guys. The email address is feedback at mymac.com. Send that to uh, Geekiest Show Ever, and uh, we'll all see it and make fun of you and say, I can't believe he said that, and, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. We'd love to hear back from you guys. Let us know that you're out there and you're listening, and maybe you've got a suggestion on a topic that you would like to talk about. Maybe you'd want to comment on the concept of the self-aware, self-driving car. So feedback at MyMac.com. And if you'd like to actually be on the show, we can send a car out to get you. That's right. That's right. The guy will be driving, unfortunately. <laughs> no, Stephen King will. So with that. <laughs> Christine. It's Christine. So with that, my name is Tim. For Guy and uh, Chad, we'll see you in two weeks. 